Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. If you've just joined us, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've just joined us on Facebook, thank you so much for tuning in. This is my dear, dear, dear friend, Anila Afzali, who's going to be talking with us on some very, very important issues. Um, if you have friends and family who need to listen to this show and there's a lot that they must learn and um, uh, be informed about, please tell them to tune in as well. There is an app on um, Android and iPhone uh, it's for the Desi 1250 AM radio station you can also tune into that and the website is www.desi1250am.com this show is all about immigration as you may know and we are on air every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning and also Fridays at 8pm that's a new time for us and I hope you are actually tuning into those from your kitchen or your dining room or your living rooms wherever so if you miss the show or somebody you know missed the show they can tune in on Friday if you have questions the phone number at the studio is 844-301-1250 844-301-1250 we'd love to hear from you the email address at the station is contact at desi1250 am.com so we have a really fantastic speaker here who's been speaking all around the state on very very important issues and but before i get to her i want to update you on a couple of things you may remember that i spoke about the office of immigrant and refugee affairs citizenship day that i attended um last weekend and uh, i wanted to tell you that january 20th inauguration day is the next one that they're going to have but that particular event is not going to be just citizenship day it's going to be much more than that you'll hear about know your rights um, know your rights about protecting your family and so much more so go to the website of the office of immigrant and refugee affairs and learn more about it make sure your calendar is actually set and blocked for that for the entire day tell your friends and family who need to have help with their citizenship applications if people are people are concerned about deportation issues they must also at- attend and get know your right um rights assistance. So with further ado, I'm going to introduce my dear, dear friend, Anila. Anila is a notable person making an impact on immigrant lives and a society. As you may know, we interview on the show immigrants who are making a difference in the world and people who are making an impact on immigration law, immigrants, and community in general. Anila Afzali is the founder and executive director of the American Muslim Empowerment Network, Amen. A new initiative launched through the Muslim Association of Puget Sound, MAPS, to provide a strategic and visionary response to the challenges of our times. She is an attorney and graduate of Harvard Law School, who made partner at a law firm and led as general counsel of a company before taking a break from her career uh, to address the growing diverse 
divisiveness in our country. Anila has served as a community activist, interfaith leader, educator, and presenter, guest preacher, events coordinator, strategic advisor, social justice advocate, mentor, seeker of knowledge, and volunteer attorney. Anila graduated from the University of Oregon Honors College and was named a Chase International Service Fellow at Harvard Law School. She enjoys traveling, snowboarding, and football, and is a proud Seahawks and Ducks fan. Wow, Anila, you have done so much. That's amazing. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tamina. So nice to see you, of course, and to be here with you and your audience as well. I'm excited about this opportunity, so thank you. Well, of course, I'm grateful you're here. And listeners, you have no idea how lucky you are to have this person here in the show talking about issues that are important in this very day and age. Um, you know, we have set questions for Anila, but if you have questions, you're very welcome to call us at 844-301-1250, 844-301-1250. And, you know, this conversation could go on for a really long time. Unfortunately, we don't have that much time. Um, so let's try to get through as many of these as we can uh, get through. So okay. you've been a local voice on issues surrounding Muslims. Many of our listeners are Muslims. Before the election, listening to the rhetoric, you held a number of events, and you've been holding a lot of events to campaign for some of our local electorates as well. Tell us what the election results have meant for you. Oh, well, well, the election results have meant a lot of work. <laughs> I think that's the best description of it. Uh, before the election, I was holding different events to try to raise understanding and awareness uh, about Islam and Muslims, because unfortunately, the majority of Americans do not personally know a Muslim, and the majority of Americans, I believe something like 80% of Americans, do not know much about Islam or Muslims. So in light of that, I've been trying to raise understanding and awareness and increase that, because American Muslims are... Uh, you know, part and parcel of this country. Uh, Islam is the what, the second largest religion in the world. One, almost one fourth of the world's population is Muslim. So we really just on a basic level need to understand this religion. Uh, and here in America, uh, Amer Muslims have been part of the uh, fabric of the society since the beginning, before it was even a country, right? No uh, estimates estimates are that up to 30% of the slaves brought over uh, were uh, Muslim. And we've had Muslims fighting in the Revolutionary War, Civil War, World War One, World War Two, all of those, and over 10,000 uh, American Muslims currently serve on our front lines defending our nation. Uh, and American Muslims are fully integrated as doctors, lawyers, teachers, nurses, first responders, all of that. Uh, as Van Jones recently recognized on CNN, uh, um, uh, the Muslim community in America, American Muslims, are the model American community. So having said that, despite all of that, there's so much misunderstanding, and the election results for me emphasize the need for education the need for coalition building, the need for us to come together and get facts, not fiction or fear-mongering, which unfortunately we have seen too much of. And uh, the fear that is being faced right now is not just in the Muslim community. Obviously, we're seeing it with, with immigrants, with Latinos, with blacks, with, uh, with the Jewish uh, community. Uh, we're seeing all of this. Uh, so there's a need for us to come together and use this as an opportunity. I, I hear a lot of fear and anxiety in our community and other communities, and it is in part just justified because of what we're seeing with the uh, unleashing of uh, hate and violence, unfortunately. But at the end of the day, the election results for me mean that we got to work harder. We got to make clear that love is greater than, uh, than hate. 
Wow. Um, You know, you are an inspiration. And listeners, if you have been thinking that you need to do something, you need to get in touch with Anila. Um, You know, I'm going to jump to the fact that you have founded and created and now you're an executive director of this new program. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So MAPS Amen is this new initiative. It just got started. So I'm at the bare, you know, beginning stages of this. But it is is an organization and an initiative that seems so important and necessary right now, given what's happening in our country. And it has sort of four main focuses or foci, (laughs) I guess that's the word. Uh, And one of them specifically is coalition building. As I just mentioned, there is such a need for this, for different communities that are facing uh, oppression or injustice or potential attacks on their civil rights or things like that. So coalition building within these different communities and their friends and allies. That is a number one priority. We have to have that proper foundation to be prepared for what may come in the the years uh, ahead of us. Uh, A second piece is education. I mentioned the importance of learning about Islam and and meeting American Muslims. So education is going to be a significant uh, part of this initiative as well. And that uh, is also important, uh, or I should say the third uh, piece of that is media leveraging media in the right way. Because unfortunately, uh, there has been a campaign of misinformation with respect to Islam and Muslims. And we have seen this in the form of the Islamophobia Network, where over $200 million has been spent to demonize Islam and Muslims in the minds of uh, Americans, our fellow Americans. So we really need to learn to leverage media the right way. And we have the facts on our side. If you actually look at the facts and the data and the statistics, you'll see that uh, uh, as Van Jones recognized, Muslims are the American, mo- uh, the model American community. So th- these are the kinds of things like uh, the fact that m- uh, Muslim women, American Muslim women, are the second most highly, re- uh, highly educated uh, co- uh, religious community in our country, uh, or that we have over 50,000 doctors uh, that are American Muslim, even though Muslims make up only 1% of our country's population. Wow. These kinds of facts need to get out there. And then uh, the final piece is youth empowerment, helping build the new generation of leaders of America, uh, helping uh, develop the skills that they need so that they are better prepared to face the challenges ahead of us. So these are sort of some of the, the initiatives uh, as part of MAPS Amen, that I'll be working on, and I'm very excited about this opportunity, and I look forward to working with so many other people, including including you. Well, uh, I can't Tamino. I can't wait. I think we're on the same track. You know, um, listeners, if you if you want to know what I've been doing, I've been trying to get the immigration portion of these problems uh, in a in a situation where uh, we can be a part of a coalition. So more to come on those issues in the in the coming days. So, um, what are your thoughts about having a Muslim registry? Well, Tamita, you and I are both lawyers. As attorneys, we understand how unconstitutional it is uh, to uh, stigmatize or select somebody based on ra- uh, on race or religion or anything like that. So it, it does it is not constitutional, and it's morally wrong and un-American, simply put. It's absolutely un-American uh, uh, to... Uh, uh, identify people based just on purely on religion. Um, and we've had a history, and history has shown us that when you do do this, it's really dangerous. It has negative consequences uh, and some of our darkest moments, uh, darkest chapters of American history have included instances where we have done these kinds of registries or something like it, like in World War II with the Japanese American internment. So to have this idea of a Muslim registry even being floated around uh, by by the, uh, the new administration, potential new administration. These kinds of things are really disturbing, and I know it's one of the reasons that so many in, in my community uh, are, are concerned. And I've had people contact me 
community, within the American Muslim community, as well as others who have had uh, concerns about what is this going to mean for them. Um, having said that, we did have something like a Muslim registry uh, with the program that was launched under the Bush administration, the NSEERS program, National Security Entry Exit Registration System, uh, where uh, f individuals from 25 countries, and 24 out of the 25 were Muslim countries, uh, were required to register. Uh, Which was a non-Muslim country, do you remember? I believe it was North Korea. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes, I believe that was thrown <laughs> in there too. Make it appear that it's not a Muslim registry. <laughs> but, uh, but that was actually, uh, that program was stopped because it was ineffective. It, it was a waste of money and it was ineffective. So to hear people talking about you know, uh, uh, starting this program again is really dangerous, ineffective, and it's, it's not something that's gonna help us. And in fact, the one thing that your, your listeners can do right now is specifically contact President Obama uh, to ask for him to dismantle the NSEERS regulations, the regulations that the Trump administration may use uh, for some kind of uh, you know, Muslim or other registry. So if President Obama does that before he leaves office, it'll be a lot harder for any new administration to relaunch this uh, ineffective and unhelpful program. Wonderful. Um, you know, that's a concern that a lot of my clients have too. And of course, a lot of immigrants in this country are Muslim. A lot of people who are on work visas are Muslim. And, you know, even when you don't have a registry for immigrants who are on a work visa, who are getting visa stamping from their embassies, it's a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And to add this on top of it, it's going to be an even bigger nightmare. So whatever you will you need to guide us on what our listeners can do. And it sounds like the first thing that they can do is write to Obama, President Obama. How should, he co how should people contact him? Should they just write letters? Uh, they can directly write letters. They can send emails. Uh, there are petitions floating around. I believe the ACLU has a petition uh, that's directed towards uh, President Obama uh, to specifically ask him to dismantle the NSEERS regulations. There's a credo petition as well, so people can sign those petitions. Uh, and also, of course, it'd be great if they call, directly call the White House and ask is President Obama. Is it possible Obama. to do it that? It is possible to do that. Okay. So they can call the White House. They can email they can uh, uh, also contact their own representatives to ask them to urge Obama to do this. Uh, and there's also uh, Suzanne Delbean from the second district, our uh, you know uh, mm -hmm. representative from the second district. She actually introduced a uh, no religious registry act. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that your callers can get involved is to support that and contact your representatives to ask them to also support that act, so that we make it very clear from the from the beginning, you know, preemptively that we as Americans will not not stand for something like this. Fantastic. This is great advice. And in fact, last week we had Congressman Larson on our show who mentioned the same bill. Um, so listeners, you can call the White House if you thought you never could do that. You can actually call the White House. Emails, um, letters, petitions. This is the time to get your voice heard. And you've heard me over and over again over the last year that your voice is powerful. Make sure it's heard. So moving on to the next question. Um, President-elect Trump had talked about extreme vetting during his campaign and that issue, I don't know if it's come up in the last week or so, um, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, well, uh, it's unclear what he means by that, right? Uh, so when he says extreme vetting, uh, specifically, what is he talking about? Uh, with respect to children and families seeking refuge in our country, uh, when you talk about extreme vetting, the refugee process, the screening process already is a form of extreme vetting. We already have that in place. It's one of the most difficult uh, processes that is uh, used uh, 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 to screen people coming into our country, right? It's a process of 18 months 
months to two years, uh, and it involves security checks, a number of them, uh, through different agencies. Uh, so we already have that form of, you know, extreme vetting, if you want to call it that, with respect to children and families seeking refuge in our country. And uh, uh, if, it, if he's talking specifically about sort of stopping refugees from certain countries or certain places, again, we run into the constitutional issues if it's being targeted based on religion or race or anything else. And then we also run into the fact that it goes against our American values. We have had a longstanding tradition in our country, a beautiful tradition that has been bipartisan in support of uh, allowing refugees, uh, people who are seeking asylum to come here when they're facing these kinds of situations. So for us to go back on that with this new administration would be something that would be uh, devastating and uh, hopefully does not happen. Well, I agree with you. One of the concerns I have as an immigration lawyer is earlier this year, um, the current administration had introduced new rules for visa waiver uh, applicants. And that, who comes on a visa waiver? Our family members come to visit. Often businesses have um, executives and employees who are coming to visit. And visa waiver is essentially a program that allows reciprocity and people use their passports to just come over without a visa. They need to get clearance through something called ESTA. And in that, there were many, many restrictions put in recently about if you have a dual citizenship from Syria, Iran, Iraq, Sudan, and some other countries, or if you've never been there, but your parents are from there, you cannot come in. And that by itself was a very drastic measure taken. My fear is the extreme vetting will then be taken to another level, where even if we are here, our family members, our employees, our executives from different countries can't come in. So extreme vetting, I think you're totally right, it's unclear. And it's very difficult to say where it's going to be applied, if at all. And uh, you know, I think vigilance is absolutely important. For anybody who's concerned about extreme vetting, what should they do? Uh, they can also contact their representatives. Uh, I know that the AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association, I believe, um, they have a letter as well uh, directed towards the administration. And if your attorney is listening in, you can get involved in that effort. Uh, but really, writing op-eds, uh, getting the word out, creating, we're seeing a lot of uh, neighborhood communities uh, being created, community action forums or community action networks. And these are ways to get involved and make it clear, send messages out there, there's, there's protests coming up. There are all these ways of getting politically involved so that we can make it clear that we're going to stand together, we're going to come together, and that's another part that has to happen. We have to come together, coalitions between all of these different groups. That's why I'm excited about the, the new work that I'll be doing, but to build these coalitions and then send strong messages together. Because it's one thing if, if you or I do it, but if we can do it with, you know, a thousand, ten thousand other people, we can be heard. And we have to be preemptive in these kinds of uh, things because of the, the danger the impact on individuals, on, on families, on kids, on the separation that's going to happen. You know, we're, we're also talking about American citizens here. Mm -hmm. So this is really a concern for all Americans because it could be <clears throat> somebody who just goes and works someplace you know, does a volunteer service someplace, they may have difficulty coming back. Their family may face consequences. So it really is a concern for all of us. Well, I, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And listeners, again, if you are concerned about anything, the message here is contact your representatives, get involved. Um, you know, all of this has led to a lot of hate crime. 
And we're saying hate, hate crime everywhere against individuals, against organizations. And of course, no different is that from our local area where your mosque, our mosque, MAPS was affected. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Sure. So MAPS had its sign vandalized. Uh, this happened about a little over two weeks ago. Uh, somebody took a sledgehammer to our sign, unfortunately. And the, uh, the sign is of granite. Of granite, exactly. So granite sign, very difficult to, to uh, damage or destroy that. But unfortunately, they did take a sledgehammer to it uh, and, and did destroy it. So we had to get a new sign. And, you know, it's one thing if that had happened in isolation. But as you recognize, Tamina, we're seeing this across our nation and even here locally. A woman wearing hijab uh, on the UW campus had a glass bottle thrown at her. You know, we're seeing the 2015 was the year of highest record-setting uh, hate crimes against Muslims or those perceived as Muslim. Uh, and unfortunately, 2016 is on track to be even worse than 2015, uh, with offices of the Council on American Relations getting reports of one to two uh, incidents per day on average, which is really, really disturbing. And as you recognize, it's not just Muslims. We're seeing this against uh, uh, Latinos, against immigrants, against uh, 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 blacks, against Jews. We're seeing it across our country by people who think that a Trump victory is a license for them to unleash this hate and violence. Yeah. So that is certainly happening. What we did at our mosque that I'm very happy about is we actually had a sign restoration ceremony. It was just this past Friday, and, it, and we used that negative experience, that ugly act, as an opportunity to bring the community together and to stand in solidarity and send out a message to everybody that love is greater than hate, that these kinds of acts of cowardice are going to be responded to by strength, by unity, by the things that, that the, the people who engage in those kinds of acts of hate do not want to happen. So we came stronger out of it. We were stronger together. We had uh, over 50 community, faith, and uh, political leaders uh, join us in, in launching the new sign, and they even put their handprints. They memorialized it in the fresh concrete of our new sign. So we use it as an opportunity. And as I said during our ceremony, and I want to say it on your show as well in case the person hears this, to the perpetrators of this attack or perpetrator, uh, I, I invite them to come to our mosque. I would be happy to meet with them myself, uh, to meet with them and talk to them about Islam and Muslims, because unfortunately, this culture of fear and hate that has been uh, happening in our country has resulted in these kinds of acts, and we have to uh, defeat that or, or counter that with love and unity and solidarity and education, learning about each other. Fantastic. Well, you know, I want you to come on back on the show sometime in the I near future because we don't have enough time to talk about all of these things. Um, so you've given us a lot of advice and guidance. Basically, call, get involved, write letters, op -eds, um, call, even call the White House. It's not beyond our reach to call the White House. And I don't think a lot of people understand that you can actually do that. We only have a couple of minutes left. I want you to share any last thoughts you have. Uh, most important message is to do something. We cannot stay silent at this time. This is, as bad as things are, this is a unique opportunity for us to actually get involved and make a difference. We will be judged by history. We will be judged by God for the actions or failure to act uh, that every single one of us uh, is going to be facing here in the years to come. So right now, there are many ways. I mentioned some of them. There's, the, uh, uh, of course, the dismantling of the NSEERS regulation. There is the support for the bill by Suzanne Delbean, the No, no Religious Registry Act. There's also a Refugee Protection Act that people can support. Uh, that's going on. Um, and then if they want to get involved and learn more about the events that I'm involved in, and I really hope everybody does this, is send an email to muslimactionlist at gmail.com. That's muslimactionlist 
list at gmail.com and I will send you a full two-page document with specific action steps, concrete steps that individuals can take. And one of the most critical aspects of that is to write op-eds, write a letter to the editor, send an email to letters at Seattle Times and talk about your experience with American Muslims, the lives and contributions of American Muslims, because there is a media war going on, as I, as I uh, uh, pointed out. So we really need to sort of counter that with the truth and these stories. Will you please share whatever you can share with me so I can put it up on on the, the blog post when I put the, the show up. Absolutely. So I will that do people, that. Well, thank you yes. so much for being here. Thank you thank for, you for having me. giving the time, doing what you're doing. It's an amazing job that you're doing, and it's just so timely. You know, nobody knew how important your job would be after November 9th. Yeah. And, and indeed, you have a big responsibility. And if anybody wants to contact you, is still this is still the, the, the number to email to contact work, you at? Yes. So if they can contact you directly for any questions, it will be muslimactionlist at gmail.com. Correct. Wonderful. Well, good luck to all that you're doing. Thank you so much. Reach out to me. Our listeners would want to help. Uh, they were looking for opportunities. So reach out to me. And we'll work, of course, in the coalition that you and I are trying to build. So wonderful. Thank you so much much listeners what an amazing interview thank you so much for joining us today uh, if you have any questions comments make sure you email me at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com um, Christmas is coming up hopefully we'll have one more show before the end of the year uh, so please join us then if you have questions and feedback and uh, anything you want me to address in the last show before the end of the year please let me know this is Tamina Watson on immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM thank you for everyone for joining us bye bye Facebook people Bye. All our friends, thank you for joining. Bye-bye.